0: You know. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is Monday, it is October 30th, it is Hometown Heroes, but before our guests arrive, let's talk about what today is. Today is the day before Halloween. It's the day before all the kids in the neighborhood run around and cause chaos and have a lot of fun on a big sugar rush. One thing I would love to talk about is remembering when these kids come to your door, pay attention to the color buckets they have. Because different color of buckets mean different things. For instance, blue buckets signify that that child is autistic. So if they don't necessarily turn around and say trick or treat or thank you, doesn't mean they're being rude or disrespectful, they're just, they struggle with getting words out. And having a little bit of patience goes a long way Hello. Hello. You just, I was just going over. It's a big thing for me is that tomorrow's Halloween. And being mindful of the colored buckets that kids carry because blue is for autism. And so not to get upset or lose patience when a child, especially carrying a blue bucket, May not say trick-or-treat, may not say thank you, just may stand there and stare at you. But our guest is here. So hometown heroes would love to present, and I'm hoping I say this correctly, Tawana Wolfo. All right, I didn't butcher it.
2: No, not at all. You said it well, thank you
1: you have the alphabet of experience and certifications under your belt. And before we get into all the different things that you've trained in and done, can we talk about what got you into this rabbit hole to begin with?
2: When you say rabbit hole, what do you you reference just so I know (laughs) where to start talking about? What what do you mean, what rabbit hole?
1: Um, I always call it the rabbit hole because I'm the same way you are where you you go through an event in life or something happens or you get this great idea and you start training on that idea and then you figure once you meet that client or meet that person or you're going through something at the same time, you start learning more things and start getting more certifications, not realizing you just keep adding these certifications under your belt. But, you know, when you're working with mental health, there's not a one size fits all. And there's so many paths to take. And so as experience grows, so, you know, what got you into doing and working with trauma and not just trauma, but you work with complex trauma.
2: Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, the, the, um, the one note I will say is that the, um, the, the certific you know, the certifications post, you know, um, my graduate degree and license were very intentional. Um, and, um, um, and you know, actually came, you know, after being, you know, in the field for over 10 decades, for over, for over yeah, for over a decade. And, um, and for that I'm grateful because it meant that I was very attuned and in tune to um, what I wanted to really fully show up for and consent to um, in terms of the impact I wanted to make. Um, and so, um, you know, how I showed up to the field um you know was um was interesting in that i you know social work counseling therapy was not was not in my rearview mirror it was not even on my it was not even a figment of my imagination interestingly enough considering my my very start in the world um uh it it just was not um i actually wanted to um when I was in high school, I really wanted to either go into um, cosmetology school, culinary school, or um, uh, or a fine arts academy, um, and that's really where my heart was set on, and um, my guidance counselor at the time was like, nope, I see you going to a four-year college and all the things, and I'm like, oh, damn, I don't know if that's for me and um you know it was a struggle in school and um and so learning was always tender and i always found comfort in the arts and 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 humanities and um and creating um and so that's where i felt most at peace um but little did i know that um you know almost failing out of of out of college and kind of turning that around and getting my GPA up would land me across the world in in Perth, Australia, which is really part of what set off my um, trajectory towards social work. And um, uh, I had two people in my life, um, one my junior year of college and then once I traveled abroad, a, a professor at the University of Australia. Both of them said to me, very different times, right, years apart, have you ever thought about social work? I You, you light up around this, and I'm like, oh, what's social work? <laughs> what's that? And um, I was already a sociology major and psychology major, so um, it felt in alignment once I learned more about it. And um, and uh, the dear person my junior year of college that put the first bug in my ear had you know, mention one particular grad school, and that was the only grad school I knew <laughs> with social work and so um, so I was like, "Okay, so I guess that's where I'm going and so I applied to Smith College School for Social Work, and um not really knowing it was the top school in the nation for clinical social work and also a sister Ivy league I had no idea and um and it just was quite a journey and um you know, and this August I celebrated 20 years um, in the field, and it just—you um, know—I couldn't be more grateful. So I'll pause. I'll pause with that.
1: Sorry, apparently everybody needed my attention all at once. You
0: know.
1: Now, can you explain what complex trauma is?
2: So, complex trauma um, really connects with, um, uh, you know, relational, developmental, and attachment um, trauma and wounding um, that happens um, typically early on in childhood. Um, But as we know, you know, there are different types of trauma. Um, Big T shock traumas are like those single incident traumas. And complex traumas are those that happen with some chronicity and are connected to the good things that didn't happen. Often we think of trauma as like the thing that happened, but really it's, um, you know, it's how it gets translated in the body and how that manifests itself. And small t traumas are those traumas connected to, you know, for some folks, the burden of keeping family secrets um you know uh the good things that didn't happen so not being acknowledged and taken joy and delight in um you know a family that is has its legacy wrapped around competition where where the good thing that didn't happen is rest and play were were weaponized and shamed and so a person grows up with some belief systems around that. And um, so it's it's nuanced, it's not black and white, um, kind of a high level um, kind of sense of that and that it really can impact how a person views themselves uh, and in relation to self, themselves in relation to others and themselves in relation to the world and um, can impact the risks that they're willing to take or not take um, and the quality of their relationships, the quality of their relationship with self. So does that make sense?
1: It does. Um, in your viewpoint or your experience now, this, especially with intergenerational, not inter, I'm sorry, for the trauma that happens when you're a child, does that a lot have to do with affecting, like when you get older and bad things happen, and you develop that more victim mentality, where you tend to blame everything instead of
2: learning how to deal with it? Uh, Apologize. Can you re- can you repeat that, my dear?
1: <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> so dealing with this trauma as a child, and and all the biggest misconception is is. It, may not be some big huge event it can be something that we think about now as something small but dealing with that trauma does that have a, a play as they get older when they experience more trauma or even um, I'll give you a good example um, being in the military and so a lot of soldiers join the military to experience the traumas they faced in life as a child, if they turn into it being their safe space, and so as they deal with events that a lot of them weren't prepared for, they develop this victim mentality where you know no one wants to be with me, I can't keep anything, you know. When they lose they live in such a controlling environment as they lose that control when they move from military world to civilian world, that trauma remanifests and it becomes more of, it's all my fault when in reality, it really isn't. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: You see this happen a lot more.
2: So, so I would say, you know, yeah, thank you for your um, your, your question around that. Um, so I would say that that it's important to anchor into the knowing that the way the the way that um, the brain records what it wants us to remember to help keep us safe is part of part of the mechanisms that um, impact impact the, the, um, the degree to which something translates into trauma for somebody and for any one person. And, you know, you can have, you know, three kids growing up in the same household and, this, and living under the same less than optimal circumstances, but how each one of their brains records what it records to keep it, them safe is going to be different. And how then it, th- thus how it translates in the body, and so much of what happens with trauma is when, when there aren't these corrective emotional moments of being attuned to, and and you know walked through and and being helped to make sense of what's going on, and so when there's not an attuning, nurturing figure in the child's life to help, you know. To help make sense of that and help almost complete the stress response cycle that then gets kind of stuck and stored in the body and the brain and so that can just there's no black and white way in the way that that manifests itself you know once a person is um, you know goes into adulthood and um, and I would say um uh in terms of and again I even also see like it's not very black and white in terms of a person that may that may have a mentality where they feel kind of like very victimized by the circumstances in their lives like there are people that on paper it looks like they've had it all they've had it made that very much have that kind of viewpoint of the world and feel very victimized, you know. So it's really, it's interesting. There's no one kind of size fits all kind of explanation to how that manifests. Um, And um, I just like to understand it from the perspective of, you know, um, how did what happened to that person? How did, were the generative and non-generative ways or the adaptive or maladaptive ways they made sense of it in their body and in their mind. And then how did that thus translate into how they ingeniously figured out how to live and exist in the world. And sometimes those ways work for them and sometimes they don't.
1: So true. And I love how you emphasize there is no right or wrong way. There's mm-hmm. no one size fits all.
0: Yeah. Because yeah.
2: Because we are, we're truly complex we're really complex, beautiful beings. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, with the coaching industry and all these blowing up, there's so many professionals that claim to be specialists. And so a lot of them don't fully understand and they get out of their element when it doesn't fit into the mold. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, getting people to understand that, there is no right or wrong way. Trauma is trauma. Your body experiences everything differently based on you. And, you know, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about emotions. Because, you know, as kids, we're taught that emotions are bad. And it's not where we're meant to be taught that. It's just a habit because, you know, as an adult, when your child cries, we comfort them, we quiet them down. When they're toddlers, we tell them to stop crying because we can't understand to fix the problem when they're crying. And so, you know, you start to build this up to understand. And in this world of social media, I see hundreds of posts a day about this. And I've even had a couple of personal therapists tell me that, you know, happy is the only good emotion. And I think that it's so wrong. And I think that's a big a big contributor to the experience of the inflation of trauma, people feel, because they're blocking out all these emotions and not feeling and not experiencing body-wise what's going on with yourself. Mm-hmm. I want to do a little bit of your input on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I think, again, you know, when we think about, you know, some of the good things that don't happen um, in our lives, one of those things is um, being able to be more, have our humanistic emotions complex, um, often, sometimes, you know, uh, conflicting humanistic emotional existence bore witness to without judgment criticism and bias and without somebody kind of labeling good or bad what they are seeing and witnessing but just showing up for us and allowing us to just be um, our emotional selves and so often we very we are we are very smart human beings we get it Pretty early on, we get those messages of what are the appropriate ways to be and not be emotionally, um, and, um, and we often learn pretty on that, that any emotional, we learn pretty quickly that certain emotional states and ways of being cause distress in our, in our, in our human caregivers, And so we will very quickly wall those off um, and learn that that's not okay. Um, And, you know, and I also think that the way that our society, American society, I can't speak for other societies, but the way American society um, journeys around emotional expression um, and what's okay versus not, especially, for instance, you know, for talking about, Grief and bereavement, right? Like, even just down to the policies around, like, who came up with, you know, so many days per whoever, however immediate this person is in your family that died? Like, one, who came up with that? And then two, are the days, are the number of days that I'm allowed off from work, what does that, does that mean, like that's the only amount of days I'm allowed to grieve? Like what if the grief happens beyond that? What if I'm still a hot mess after that, right? Months after, like what does that mean? So I don't think we think about even just how we journey around um, and the messages we send, the, the stealth messages and expectations we send around what's okay and not, what's socially acceptable versus deviant around how we express our emotions and not. Um, So it's really complicated. It's really nuanced. And I think what would be what my greatest wish for humanity is if we could get out of our own way and slow down enough to just um, show up for ourselves when we are experiencing kind of that myriad of their sweet emotions and not Gap, not put ourselves in a gaslit vortex and weaponize ourselves for feeling, and then not do that to others that we could just be in relation equitably and optimally with each other and um, but often we struggle seeing <clears throat> and witnessing distress and pain in others, and um, you know a lot of folks talk about not seeing seeing equitable examples of how to journey through distress or distressful emotions, right? Like, um, and so that's to our disservice, right? And so um, when life, lifes and you got to show up for life and you're feeling like a hot mess, right? Like, how do we not weaponize self and shame self and we just can speak honorably and openly about, hey, you know what? You know, if I'm, I'm a business owner, right? Like, last year, I was not my healthiest. And I had to make some big changes. And that meant having, you know, sharing that dilemma honestly and transparently with my folks and and taking great accountability and honor and showing up for myself. Um, I just, that's my greatest wish, that we could just, um, you know, really pause and and, 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 and even dismantle the ease at which we can quickly try to destroy ourselves and others for just simply existing.
1: The sad part is and the scary part is is how true that is and how easy, especially in this day and age with the social media the way it is, say the wrong thing and someone's going to tear you apart. Mm -hmm. Right now, I have children um, that are special. They're both different variations of autistic. Well, my son, think of young Sheldon, that's him. And Mm
3: -hmm.
1: he has developed, and I'm fighting with my school system, my kids in right now, because he has learned really quick as a child that if you tell someone you're mad, leave you alone, adults don't do that. They have the need, and I was guilty of this too, to pry and find out what's wrong and try to help them fix the problem. So Mm -hmm. he has developed using... Metaphors to explain his feelings and what he, and what he needs, so if, he wants, if he's upset and he wants you to cuddle him, he's a baby. But if he's frustrated, he's mad and just needs to be left alone to, to calm himself and regulate and do what he needs to do, he tells you, "I'm a baby anaconda snake, and he picks animals and he knows these animals, and happen to be I'd start researching it. And I was working with um, David Keyes, a world-renowned hypnotherapist, and he was talking to, ended up talking to him too. And he goes, you know, I didn't understand what he was talking about. Once he put two and two together, he's like, this is what he's telling you he needs. Just leave him alone. Because the snake is the most volatile. So when he will lash out at you if he's frustrated and wants to be left alone. And so many schools want you to sit there and stay. I'm mad, leave me alone. And I go, well, yes, but theoretically speaking, y'all don't listen to him anyway. You should Mm -hmm. be applauding him because he has done something that most adults can't even do. He can tell you in a way that works for him what he needs when he is feeling those emotions.
2: Mm -hmm. Accept
1: it and acknowledge it and move on. Mm-hmm. So in our house, it was, you know, once I t- heard that ki- my kids were autistic and I started Googling it, the biggest thing they said is they don't understand emotions. And the more I started learning about it, the more I understood, we just don't teach emotions in real time. We show pictures of faces and say, this person's mad, this person's sad, what do you do? Mm-hmm. So you're feeling And kids don't work in hypotheticals. So when you teach them in real time and teach them self-regulation techniques that work for a child, that's something that they can use into adulthood. And it molds and adjusts as time progresses.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: you know, for me watching these kids, and a lot of kids, because that's what I do, is I work with, now I work with veterans, but I work with special needs kids, and I teach them, And families, how to understand their emotions, not to bury them. It's not healthy to bury them. If you get mad, you're mad. Let's figure Mm -hmm. out a healthy output for those emotions. And a healthy way to express them. If you need to yell, yell. It's okay. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Crying is okay. But now we're in Mm -hmm. the society of if you're sad for too many days in a row, you're depressed. And if Mm -hmm. you're depressed, you need to go on meds. No, that's not the case. You may need meds, but let's figure out why you're depressed. Let's figure out the reasoning and the the body answering behind it. And most people, and I don't know if this is, you know, something that you agree with or not. And if you don't agree, that's, you know, that's okay. Is that, you know... (laughs) Our emotions are there for a reason. It's our brain telling us something. And basically, you know, your brain is the laziest organ out there, ironically. It does what it can to conserve energy. And so, you know, our emotions are our warning signs, our anxiety that we feel, our depression, all that stuff are signs to protect us. And we're being taught not to listen to the signs and just ignoring it and saying we need medications to fix it. Is that something that you've dealt with a lot with your clients, that they're looking for the actual causes or are they looking for the quick fix and looking for the medications to fix
2: it? Uh, no, my experience is that, um, you know, it's kind of a, a bull stand that they, many come, um, you know, desperate for help and support for someone to see their boo-boos and that they've been dealing with for a long time. And maybe, you know, have not received the type of affirming care that they need. Um, And, um, I mean, some may want a quick fix. I'm sure if the pain is great, like we, you know, we don't, you know, living with pain is is difficult. Um, But the majority of my folks have come to me, they find me because um, they've put all their best effort into figuring into what they thought was their their deepest and best healing. And they just realized that something's still off and that they deserve to, they deserve to truly get at the roots of their greatest healing. And that's really what I'm known for. That's why I call myself a doula for the souls because I realized that people, there was a trend of people coming to me and just having this faith that I could really burden through the deepest of. Their most tender and scariest emotions, um, birth them through being seen in a way they always wished, but are deadly afraid, deathly afraid of. Um, and um, I think really, the majority of people, you know, really want to learn what it's like to be seen and held and understood and truly attuned to without judgment. Uh, without weaponization, and like that's a that's on a whole nother level to have that experience. It's absolutely life saving, and game changing. That's what I that's that's just what I see.
1: <laughs> now, reading over your stuff, and you you're trained in EMDR.
2: Yeah. Can you, yeah.
1: Can you explain that to me? I've tried understanding it, and for me, I just have a hard time trying to, because I know what NLP is. I'm trained in it. I'm trained in hypnotherapy. But what exactly is EMDR, okay. and how is it useful?
2: Yeah. So first, let me anchor in. What is your knowing of 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 eye movement desensitization reprocessing therapy? What is your knowing of it, like? your
0: um
1: I use it to find the root cause of issues. I help individuals, especially veterans understand why they're struggling with like the anxiety and the trauma that they've experienced because a lot of times when we go to war, our trauma isn't the trauma of the war itself it's what we've experienced as a child or late, or earlier in life, and that's manifest itself again in what we've experienced in overseas or there's little triggers we have so I help use it to one slow down the triggers and get them to see what these triggers are and it can be something simple as a tone of voice or a sound or a smell and getting them to understand and connect the dots between A, B and C to help overcome what they're dealing with to help relieve the symptoms of anxiety, depression, where they're struggling. It's basically, for me, I I use it to help open the subconscious mind and bring it to the conscious so you know you can put all the dots together yourself.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Yeah, so... um, you know, for your, um, dear, you know, audience, um, yeah, that, um, EMDR, um, you know, eye movement desensitization reprocessing, uh, therapy is a evidence-based, you know, psychotherapy approach and treatment, um, developed, um, by, um, Francine uh, Shapiro in the 90s. And, um, it, It utilizes what's a mechanism called bilateral stimulation, which can be achieved by activating both the left and right sides of the brain. Um, And um, and that could be through eye movement. It could be through self-tapping. It could be there's so many different ways to achieve. And there have been so many beautiful innovations and innovations around EMDR. For instance, I'm trained in SAFE EMDR, which is a somatic attachment focused EMDR developed, uh, which is an innovation of Francine's uh, model um, developed by Deb Kennard um, from the um, Professional Transformation Institute out on the West Coast. Um, So there are so many iterations and innovations, um, but at its core, it is an evidence based. Uh, approach and treatment that can help get at healing roots connected to trauma, single event trauma, complex trauma, um, you know, anxiety, depression, you know, it's just, you know, it's just another beautiful um, kind of avenue and path to healing. There are so many, you know, no one thing owns the path and owns the block on healing, um, and so, um, you know, that's just one of the many contributions to to the field of of therapy and healing. And, and so, you know, it's um, I'm grateful to be uh, trained and certified in it, um, and currently a consultant and training. Um, so, just you know, very grateful for that. Um, so, is that helpful?
1: It is. Um, so does it? So basically, it's a form of anchoring
2: um a big a, a big um you know uh, a major component um of emdr you know it is a a eight phase protocol um when done to fidelity and and um you know uh, the first initial phases there is a lot of what we'd call resourcing and anchoring right and um and then based on the type of you know um, and an innovative EMDR kind of approach you're trained in, you know, there comes with some, there's some nuances. Um, I focus a lot of my actual anchoring and resourcing. Um, it's a really somatic attachment focused and relationally based, um, you know, but it's really, you know, um, just assisting and facilitating a sense of feeling anchored, um, uh, anchored to self grounded feeling, you know, that they are able to stay within a optimal kind of window of functioning and and capacity and, you know, able to just be able to, um, ebb and flows with, um, you know, with, with the stressful and pleasant (coughs) emotions and cognitions and such. So, um, yeah. Now, how does
1: that help with the trauma that someone de- um, deals
2: with? Well, depending on, you know, what ultimately gets set up to be targeted in EMDR, if a person is going that route, is essentially, you know, the way the brain has captured the details um, the somatic, the sensory, the cognitive, all the details tied to said, um, to how it, how, you know, said experience was translated in the body. Um, what the function and capacity of EMDR is it allows for a desensitization and a, a, um, that whatever targeted memories or you know, whatever aspects of the event, the distressful event, whatever is being targeted, those elements become less and less distressing as the person is is really journeyed through EMDR. And that's really the beauty of it and the efficacy of it is that what might have been triggering at a a level of 10 for me by the time I'm, you know, um, you know, walked through emdr to fidelity um ideally i'm experiencing a unit of the stress that is much much lower which just means that 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 the experience was moved from a part of the brain like right where it's just kind of been locked in and experienced as very triggering to a part of the brain where it's more processed reintegrated And kind of filed in in a way that is no longer as disturbing and where i have a degree of distance and i'm able to kind of like kind of then kind of almost like journey back to the site of the car of the of the car crash without right kind of re-experiencing what might be like those symptoms of trauma like panic hypervigilance intrusive thoughts flashbacks that type of thing so it's really efficacious and and in, in that regard when done to fidelity.
1: Okay. So it's like basically watching it like you're watching a movie. Give me one second. Okay. Sorry. I have my Google set up for my kids so they know when they have class to log into their computers, they go to school online. Because <laughs> <No way. laughs> um, no I've had some, I worked with a client that had it done, but what they did is they blocked all those bad memories
2: instead of
1: looking at them like you're viewing them like a movie.
2: Yep, and that's almost, if you can imagine, you know, know, before EMDR, imagine walking down the corridors of your brain, and on one side of the corridor of your brain are a neat row of stacked file cabinets where it's nicely organized, color-coded, all the things. And then on the other side of the corridor of your brain are a disorganized row of file cabinets that are like drawers are coming off, they, doors are hanging, not locking, disorganized, and in disarray. Those are the, what are, those are those files, said files, right, disorganized files that are all over the place and unkept and causing a ruckus, right? That is essentially what gets kind of reprocessed and then migrates over to the other side of the corridor into the neat, kind of the file cabinet system that is really organized, already coded, and it's put back into its most appropriate place of inter- reintegration back into the brain and body, essentially, and gets reprocessed. And once it's reprocessed, that's where it stays locked. It does not migrate back over to the disorganized you know, uh, file <laughs> cabinets, right? So that's essentially, like, if you can visualize that, that that's what's happening, like, so within the process of the bilateral stimulation that those, those that's being, you know, you're kind of migrating over and reprocessing the mechanisms of reprocessing are happening and things are getting restored in an adaptive way where it no longer causes impairment and suffering for the person. Does that make sense?
1: It it does. And I love how you do that because I've, Talk to so many different people and their whole way of is just blocking out those feelings and blocking out those memories so you have that gap instead you're you're losing the emotion to go with it so you're you're understanding what your body's going through
2: and it's not mm-hmm. triggering
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah 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 by the time <laughs> yeah by the time you're kind of walked you know done when you've done it to fidelity, yeah that that essentially is is the is the goal right that that's essentially the goal you know and it and it and it and it the degree of efficaciousness is not a sign of failure or anything. it's just you know everybody's body is different and brain is different, and you know needs maybe additional kind of mechanisms of healing to be added to. You know the EMDR, what have you, but it's just a great contribution to the field of trauma, to the field, to healing, to wellness, to healthcare. You know,
1: it is. It makes. I love how it how the way you explained it. It takes the emotions out of it, which is okay.
0: Mm -hmm. Mhm. Mhm. It
1: gets you and the you know, the logical aspect of your brain to understand the situation and overcome it. Like the biggest mistake we make is we ask ourselves why things happen, why we feel that way. And we can't, it's hard for us to come up with that answer because we're using the emotional. When we use the word what, what caused us to feel that way? What happened to ha- is where we get to that logical aspect of our brains so when we get the answers. So we can put mm-hmm. two and two together and understand how this event happened. This is why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And it makes it easier to overcome the trauma that you're dealt with,
2: yeah, yeah, very very, very much so, so yeah, So I just wanna, yeah, thank you so much for the um for the the opportunity um to um you know share time and space, and I did have a question for you. tell me what inspired you to start this um show or podcast um what what inspires that?
1: Well, um, Optimize My Life Radio has been running for about 10, 15 years now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and about a year and a half ago, I went on a rant with um, on social media about the coaching industry and how you get so overwhelmed with the world and how you have to have these high ticket items and sell big bucks to make big bucks and we're forgetting about the emotional aspect and the people we're trying to help and why we got into this world to begin with. And Mm so um, from there, it kind of spiraled where I went from few shows to helping create the shows. And when I started talking to a lot of professionals, they were trying to get their message out there and do it in a way that shows that they're real, they're honest. And they are truly trying to help So that's what mm-hmm. got me to create Hometown Heroes It's to highlight people who are wanting To make this world a better place To be able to help mm-hmm. individuals And it's not for them About the money And it's not about but, the recognition And the fame or the millions of followers mm-hmm. or Whatever
2: Yep. Yeah. your this time Yeah Yeah well you know Thank you for your service and, and, and in making that such an impact and, and, and elevating such stories and, um, you know, really grateful to, to share this time and hope we get to, to um, connect again.
1: I would love for you to come back on um, in about a month. I'm finishing up Putting It Together. I am creating two new shows. One's going to be Monday evenings and one's going to be um, Friday mornings on trauma.
2: Great, great, great. And well, yeah, trauma. please keep me, yeah, please, please keep me, you know, close by and, and just, yeah, just reach out. I'm there.
1: Because I want, especially with our veterans, on average 2,300 a year commit suicide due to mm-hmm. mental health issues that they are not yeah. receiving help from the Veterans Association. Right. I was right. one of those. When I yeah. wanted a therapist, I called the VA, and they mm-hmm. said, "I'll call you." And there's one available. Five mm. years later, I'm still waiting for that phone call.
2: Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I yeah. want to create shows to help, especially yeah. with the trauma aspect of life, with the trafficked, you know, victims, the abuse victims. That. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm to overcome but also share their story because I personally believe that the more you share your story, the more it helps you heal at the same time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And our, our shame dies when we share our stories in, in safe place and safe with safe people and in safe places. So yeah, <coughs> absolutely. Um,
1: before we end the show today, is there any questions for our guest
3: Hi, uh, Mary this is Bob I just have a comment uh, regarding the, uh, the the program and, and uh, uh, the work that uh, you're doing Tawana is doing I um, we really we really appreciate you 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 taking the time to broadcast that on our on our network and it's um it's um, it's so important to people because I I do dealings in um, I've been dealing for years with with people who have addictions um, in uh, alcohol and, and other other drugs um, and I uh, I'm, I'm not certified in that area but I've done it through um, through working with a lot of people and with counselors and so forth uh, that that uh, that are counseling people that I work with and so um it's just so important it's so important what we're, the work that you're doing uh and the uh, the the discussion that you guys have on this on this show uh it's it's really um i think it's vital for anybody that might be listening to hear what you guys are talking about and to understand what it is um uh, because there's different impacts, like you, you said, I think that there's uh, everybody's different, and everybody has different uh, uh, impacts on things that happen in their lives. And uh, but it's but it's so important to talk about that with them, and to discuss it. And um, uh, I, so I I just want to thank you, uh, thank you both, Mary. Thank you for for bringing Tawana on, and Tawana for thank you for coming on and sharing with us. It's just uh, tremendous insights that you're giving to, to various people. And I know it's gonna help some people. And God bless you and thank you very much.
2: Back mm-hmm. to you, bless Mary. Thank you, my dear. You're welcome. So, and uh, <clears throat> go ahead, Mary. Yeah, go ahead,
3: Bob. No, length, I just uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just I just I just wanted to um just say uh, that uh, you know with with people who have uh, addictions that I deal with and people who have been uh, um, uh, had had a lot of uh, traumatic experiences in their lives uh, it's so important that there is someone that they can talk with someone to help them through it and um, so that's what that's basically what I do uh, in working with people and some of them have been my own children uh, that, I, yeah. that i've uh, mm-hmm. helped through the situation and and mm-hmm. so um
0: <laughs>
3: it's uh when you're sometimes mm-hmm. when you're when you're a parent you're you're you can't see the forest for the trees and you, you you're just uh so close to it that you um you have a hard time dealing with it but but working with their counselors and, and being there when they are being counseled because I've done that in many, many times, and and just learning from that and, and being able to help a lot of different people, it just it just makes a big difference in their lives. Okay. So thank you. And God bless you.
1: Tawanda, if people are looking to get in touch with you, what is the easiest way to do that?
2: Yeah, so they um uh they are more than free to um, you know, look me up. Um I know folks just based on access don't have all well, the best access to, you know, technological resources. Um, but for those that have the resource can find me online, um at Sacred Ground Institute. Um dot uh, com. Um, I'm also on um, Instagram as well at Sacred Ground Institute. I just launched my YouTube channel. Um, I sent you all of that, so I don't know if you'll post all of my handles on your. I don't know what what kind of your process is, but um, uh, but I just launched my YouTube channel a couple of weeks ago, um, and just that's kind of just starting that off slow. Um, and um, folks can also email me at. Um, uh sacred ground um uh hold on one second um sacred ground institute at gmail.com as well um so yeah i'm i'm um very accessible
1: and the link for this show in the description is all of your contact information
2: wonderful well
1: Anybody who wants to get a hold of her and help with and struggling with trauma in some form or another, all of her information is here, including her background.
2: Beautiful. Thank you. Great. Great.
1: Thank you for joining us today. Next week, we kick off favorite week. And it is Veterans Week that leads us into quiet. My mailman has bad timing when he comes. (laughs) I got two dogs So next week starts our week for Veterans Week And we get to talk to Current service members But also some of The movers and shakers of their time Including an individual That was part of The Tuskegee Airmen And a few other legends Such as Papa Jake who is a TikTok sensation telling his stories, a 101-year-old man who was at the Battle of the Bulge. And we have different guests all week long during our different shows, which ends our week with a big salute on Friday with Captain Len Kane, and he talks about his experience in the military and a few guests which rounds us into the new month, and also November, 11, or November 13th is our International Kindness Day, and we will have a special host on that show, the founder of the Kindness Campaign himself, Len Kane, and the creator of Kindness Club for Kids. Ariana will be co-hosting that show, which will open the lead into our new show coming up on Monday evening, Mm -hmm. The, The Kindness Club for Kids, a show for kids, by kids, about not only kind acts and things they do to help others, but teaching how your mind and being kind to yourself and how you think about things has a big impact on how you portray yourselves on the outside. Wow,
0: Mary? that's great. Mary? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, just catching about five minutes of the last uh, uh, hour, but when we were talking about, you know, mental uh And also, you know, what you're talking about during this show, it just brought into me as to what happened back in Maine, plus on top of that, uh, the passing of uh, Matthew Perry, because basically they're very connected, even though in situations, you know, uh, we all need the help, you know, even in everyday life uh everything that, you know, you face, you know, um and there is all kind of, you know, emotional things that goes through one person's mind, you know, whether it is traumatic, whether it is an addiction or anything. Um, we all need help and the you know, the way, you know, our world is is just so much involved in is that you know that it's hard it's it's hard to digest on it, and it really helps to be able to be able to talk to be able to help others and things like that so it is you know it is really an issue that we're not better and you know from anybody else, we all go through that. And it's it's hard, you know. You feel sad because for the ones that kind of bottle it and you know run through it through their own mind without having to be able to voice it or or be able to be in the state of mind where you can help others. And it, it's it's hard. It is hard for people to you know, to go through that, you know, by themselves or, you know, be able to offer the help for others that because they have gone through, you know, the same situations. And, um, you know, we just try to go, you know, day by day uh, to do the best you can. But there are times when, you know, you're never alone. you know, I don't care what you say, you know, you're never alone because one way or the other, you know, we're all in this together and we just have to, you know, prevail and, you know, do the best you can um, and pray that, you know, the one person that you look to is having God by your side and to give you the strength. To face it, sometimes you know it is very hard to face you know what we're going through. You know, but there's only one person that we actually can rely on to be able to pull us through, you know, the hard times and and the different situations. Uh, and we're all human. That's it. Yeah. That
1: is 100% true and so correct and I, I truly believe understanding that aspect alone and being able to incorporate that into your life is a big step to overcoming what you're dealing with
2: yeah so, it's not yeah. easy
0: but Go ahead. But, you know, a lot of times you just wonder. You you wonder, you know, through your mind, and you think of, you know, um, is there any better? Is there anything better? Is there anything that I can do? Uh, how do I position myself, you know, to be able to to face all of this? Um, what is it I can do whether you're stuck in a house by yourself or whether you're out there you know uh amongst people you know there there're different situations you know, but uh you know, you know me you know uh, and there are others that may not think the same, but to me you know uh you rely on one the one and only that gives you, you know, the strength uh, and the ability for us to go from, you know, one day at a time. And without him, it's rough for everybody, you know, whether they go through, whether they can, you know, skate right through, whether they have a, you know, the ability to, you know, to open up and um, want to help others you know we all we all have our destiny and how you know how we make out of everything
1: you know that and the hardest thing to do is not to compare ourselves to somebody else no you can't you know, we look at what we believe standards are and then we start comparing ourselves. Well, we didn't get over this right or we didn't react right. And so there's something wrong with us. When every person is different, how you deal with it is how you deal with it.
0: And that's okay. Okay. And like like you said, everybody is different, everybody. I don't care who you are, even, you know, everybody different in different situations and, you know, how your thoughts are and what you think you can do. And, you know, because we are, God never made us all the same. He made us all different. How boring this world would be if we
1: were all the same. We would be living in Separate Land.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was raised on a farm, and I'm sure different than a lot of people. You know, <laughs> you know it's like so,
1: people would would tell me that my sarcasm is a defense mechanism for me. And I sat and thought about this, and I thought about it, and I go through this support group for trauma, for PTSD, for soldiers. And I finally clicked. I go, no, my trauma is not a defense mechanism for me. I understand what I'm feeling. My My sarcasm is a defense mechanism because I'm irritated and someone asked me the dumbest question in the world or that I view as a dumb question. And I have... No patience to be nice to you. So my way of being nice to you is to be sarcastic. And my husband tends to be the brunt of that one because he comes to me with some of the dumbest questions in the world at the wrong time. But, you know for me I'm just understanding that there was nothing wrong with me and my sarcasm was okay it wasn't a defense mechanism it's nothing I did wrong you know uplifted my my spirit a little bit knowing that I wasn't screwed up because the way therapists have told me is that I was basically using this to hide and I started and that's the thing is people tell you things and you start to believe it
2: mm. <clears throat>
3: Absolutely.
2: Yep, yep.
3: And self-talk is so important. What we what, yep. what we talk ourselves about and with, we talk to ourselves, that's so important. And that's probably mm-hmm. a very high percentage of the talking we hear and we do. So it's very, mm-hmm. very important uh, for us to um, try to say the right things to ourselves, positive affirmations and and. Um, and uh, things that, that um, help us to, uh, to make changes in our life if that's what we want. And to um, to understand and, and believe that uh, we can do it if we, if we really want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Travel Tuesday. And I do believe Ron and Rick are planning something special for Halloween. Not 100% sure what it is, but it's out of my pay grade. (laughs) Well, wishing Uh, you
0: all the best. You too, and I want
2: to
1: thank you for... Um, coming on today And I can't wait to have you back When we launch the new shows. And I did Likewise. email you a link to the show So it'll be live Beautiful. Or it'll be available to listen In about five minutes
2: Beautiful, yes I just put a comment up there So, yeah, thank you
1: Have a good day Have a good night
0: you Very amazing, as usual.
3: Thank you Thank for tuning you. in to Thanks. Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Oh. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life for updates, additional
2: resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and
3: optimized life. Until then, take care and remember to make each day count.